Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 158 of the Vex on Vex podcast. My name is VexX. Today we are joined with the illustrious, the immortal, the powerful David. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. You're doing well? You are a Starscream alumnus. I mean, amongst uh, many other things. And this would literally, this month is our 13 years we've known each other. Because yeah. I don't know if you remember, it was around Thanksgiving when things finally hooked up. I yeah, I do. <laughs> That's my thing that I do. Yeah. We had gone to California. Well, well, you're in a lot of music as you, in your life. Dun, dun, dun. So are you currently not drinking? Are you drinking? Like, what's no, your deal? I'm not drinking at all. How I long? Mean, how long? A year and a half almost. Do you miss it? No. Because I know you like it. I love it. So, I, I don't miss it because of the health. Okay. My health was. You were feeling bad? I'm still recuperating. Because it's in your system for like a long time, right? I was just saying blood pouring out. No way, bro. Yeah. It's technically poison. Yeah. Well, could I have crazier stories, but I mean, that was the one where I just said it had enough. But when we met, you were on a sober run, and then while we were together, you went off the sober run. Really? That was yeah, the thing. I've done that my whole life, I guess. <laughs> What's your longest sober time you have for drinking? 12 years. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. And you went back. Yeah. All right. This is not my business. You can tell That's me to fuck fine. off. No, what, was your, what was your catalyst to break the 12-year streak? Because I don't drink at all, so I'm like taking it back. I, I got to say, I was just having a good time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's party. Because that, that was always my nature. Okay. You know, or, you know, always drank. Always drank. I stopped. And then I was just like, yeah. I don't know what did it. Was it Family Guy stuff? Like you were like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this now." No, I don't know. It was like a like the perfect. The first time I drank in 12 years, it was just like a perfect day outside, and it was sunny, and I, the beer was like on ice. So I was like, <laughs> I'll just have one, you know. Bro, when you were in Starscream, I, you would have one. I'd look over, and there'd be 11 going, like yeah. that. I and I was like, "Whoa, bro!" And you're like, "I'm good." And you were good, which was upsetting because, like, as a high people counted for me because I couldn't count after a certain amount. But I was told I drank thirty-eight beers, forty beers, and just were standing. Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, we're gonna get away I'm from that. Really proud of you. Okay. When you were twelve years old, as as the first time on the Vex and Vex podcast, I'm drinking it. not yet. <laughs> what were your top five musical artists that you loved when you were twelve? When I was twelve. That's yeah. what fourth grade or seventh. Seventh grade. grade? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah. Uh, Black Sabbath. Love Sabbath. Yep. That's when uh, Kiss. I got turned on to Kiss, too. I thought it was younger for Kiss, to be honest. No, I was right around, around 12. Then I got turned on to Okay. Because I wasn't exposed to it. No one I knew was into music. No family? Nothing? Nope. Interesting family, to no, me. Well, no, I don't want to say that. My brothers and sisters were, but not <clears> into <throat> Kiss and Sabbath. You know? Makes sense. So always heard music. Sure. You know, they were like into Hendrix and like Evan was it. My brother Edmund was fourth row, so I'm amazing to sing. He was there. Really? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Well, my, my sister gave the tickets away. She didn't care, huh? She gave them to my cousin Wayne, and he took them. At she that time, at that time, Zeppelin toured so much, right? We didn't know it was going to end. You know, and knew. And then 80 happens. I remember when it ended. Yeah. I was going to the show. No. That's I'm not when I heard it. I mean, no, no, I but go to, I'm going to that one, and I was at work, and I'm on the ladder. Came over to radio, and I was just like, "God damn, that's over." Yeah. And they didn't come back. No. And they had the reunion at live. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. No. They, they couldn't have. No. It's weird because the who eventually could eventually. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Like when when, well, he, when they did with Kenny Jones, I just thought it wasn't right. Mustard. It wasn't right. But I didn't mind doing it. But I mean, he just wasn't. Who was like Moon? Well, Zach Starkey was taught by Moon. And he's in it. Yeah, but that was a lot later. A lot later. That's what I mean. I'm talking about when Moon died. Like late I mean, seven, yeah. And Kenny Jones. And, I mean, he was great and all. Solid, but Solid. not... Solid. Like, he just wasn't there. They knew, though. Like Portnoy. Like, look what he does. You know? He does it with... For guys. me, it's Ginger Baker, when I think back to then. Because yeah. he was the first one with the four independent beats with four limbs. Yeah. That's a big deal. And he said, I didn't play fast. So pull out the ostinato. Yeah. And he's like, I could, I, I didn't play fast, but because it was four different beats, it did, and then Moon could replicate it, which was amazing. Two guys. But well, he was just going out of his spirit. That's the thing. You think Moon so? was just going, yeah, yeah. He was just feeling the thing. Like otherworldly. Yeah, he wasn't like trying to. He was just going. He was almost in Zeppelin. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, imagine that. <laughs> I, I love the vinyl. 
Well, Bonham, they say, is the best rock and roll drummer ever. Like, that's just it. Like, for the kind of music that I have spent a lot of time, you spent a lot of time playing, that's the guy. Like, the current... Just love you, you know? Yeah. Go Ward, he's wild, you know? And I know there's a lot more technical, because my guy, since, like, fourth grade, was Carl Palmer. Fuck yeah. But he's, you know, Mr. Technique and Technicality and awesome and, and animal. Well, you brought up you brought a point, Noy. That that guy is pretty much everything covered. Yeah, but... I just brought it up because he did the Who thing, you know, with the yeah, Machine yeah. and uh, Paul Gilbert, you know. <sighs> oh, Sheen's my guy. Yeah. So, did you ever see Talos back in the day? Because you were around. Yeah, in New York. So you saw Talos. He wanted to find me. He wanted me more. Uh, oh no! Well, Rolf is later. Yeah, he was playing in the clubs. I was playing up there. No shit. So I heard the guy, my friend Jimmy. Did you guys cross guy. paths at all? I never met him. No. I heard he's a pretty amazing guy. Oh. Seems like the sweetest guy. And then once they opened up for Van Halen, Eddie, our guy to your left, would get hammered and call him on the phone and be like, I'm going to get rid of Michael Anthony. There you go. There you go on the thing. I'm going to get rid of Michael Anthony. You're going to play in our band. And he's like, okay, buddy. And then he gets over that one deal. (laughs) Could you imagine that band? Could you imagine? Oh, speaking of which, fuck it. We're already spinning off. This week, John Five is in Motley Crue. Oh, Mick that. Mars has officially retired, 72 years old. He's had that spinal angulosis thing for 40 years. So he's been in, yeah. But here, all right, I, I'm going to say, and I want your opinion because you're a musician. There's a video I posted on my Instagram feed for a minute. It, like it's a story, so it disappears. John Five playing the solo of Home Sweet Home. And it's note perfect to the record. And the reason I was impressed by it, and you'll know this as a player, Every guy that does those solos speeds them up towards the end. And to stay right in the pocket and do every feel that Mick did, he did it. He's a, he's a real player. He he's is. He's like a studio type guy. And I didn't know that. I thought, you know, I would heard, you know, oh, he's in, he was with uh, Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought of him when it was White Zombie, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Guy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Because I always just put... You know, because you know that Paul Stanley Iceman? Yeah. And they sell him with the stars on it? Yeah. Well, that was the first guy in White Zombie. But I always thought that was John Five's guitar. But it's not. Uh, the bass player also played the fucking Iceman bass. Did you know that? Okay. So I don't know if they... Did and they it had stars. I just love that decoration. You know, it is pretty It looks great because cool. it's metallic. Paint. But Rob... But I, I thought that was John Five's, but it wasn't. No, John Five's a little young to have been in Rob's okay. zombie, in that White Zombie. So here's what happens with him. He's like established in like the industry and he calls his manager. And this is in 1998, we, we found out. He makes the DLR record with David Lee Roth. Do you remember that record? Yeah. A lot of people don't. Yeah. So that's John Five. He's not called John Five yet. He's John something, whatever yeah. his last name was. And he was fucking amazing playing all the Eddie Licks and shit, right? And they did a little tour and stuff, but it didn't work out. So then after that, he gets the Marilyn Manson gig. But he isn't the guy on the Manson records. He's the guy playing it live. Right, mm. which is cool, yeah. but like it was studio. By then, Manson had fired the band, and he was yeah. bringing in and like John Five, right? So then John Five doesn't run with that. But Manson's erratic and the drugs. Well, that's why it turned me off to John Five when I heard he was with Manson. I was just like, I don't want. Him. Well, when you're nobody, you want the money. You get you get I your foot in. Yeah. And then he left, and then Rob Zombie, who's not a head case, who's not a drug addict, who was like, Hey, bud, we're gonna go on tour. You're a great guitar player. Come with me. And he did like a 12 year stint or 10 year stint with Zombie. And then Zombie would tour with Manson. Did you know that shit? They were doing double bills. Oh, yes. I yeah. Went to yeah. Didn't you didn't miss anything. Okay. Because I heard every time they did it, Manson was like horse shit, like drunk yeah, off his so ass. I heard it was bad. Yeah, pretty but bad. But someone had tickets and I, I wanted me to see Zombie. And I was like, ah, I heard Zombie's good lot. Now, I'm not a fan per I se. I heard it after I started getting Yeah. Because when I grew that long. You look like Rob Zombie. <laughs> people were calling me. I'm like, all right, I'll check them out. And then I was like, yeah. Kind of like him. That's how late I got into Zombie. Yeah. Because my only uh, recollection of him was on the MTV Spring Break. Thunder you know? Kiss 65. And he was, yeah, but he was sitting there as a judge on stupid competitions. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. And, and if you remember, beach. Ricky Rackman had Headbangers yeah. Ball and he painted the background. I remember yeah. that shit. Yeah, Headbangers. Yep. Good time. <laughs> so then he does the Rob Zombie stint for a long time. He's made friends with Nikki Six because he grew up like the rest of us loving Motley Crue. He's 52, so he's not that old. You know what I'm saying? He's a younger yeah. man. Mick's literally 20 years older than him. And Motley's in great shape, except for Vince Neil. Ooh. So Mick is gone. Nikki finally has his modern guitar player, right? But your singer's still horseshit, man. Like, if Vince just got a little bit of discipline, just a little, and lost 30, 40 pounds, he can still sing. It's in there. 
Like when you watch Def Leppard on this tour, Def Leppard's amazing. His spirit is crushed. Because of the kid, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. I think you're drinking yourself to sleep every night because, you know. And then it's another thing in the I found this out. So Skylar dies. She gets cancer. They can't explain it. He had a mansion in Malibu, and it turns out there was like nuclear testing on that 50 years before he bought the house. And they don't tell you any of this, right? Yeah. And it didn't affect him, but she's a little girl with little organs, and she's on and just fucking seeped into her and dun dun dun. So it's kind of a huge law thing, lawsuit, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. The government, sir. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, no one seems to anymore. All right, I got Sabbath, I got Kiss. What else do we got? Oh, back then? 12 years old. Oh. I still liked uh, uh, a little of the progressive. I liked Emerson, Lake, and Palmer since fourth grade. And that's what gave me my ear for music. Just humming it. It's funny, because that's literally the one band that Paul Stanley would reference as to why he started Kiss. He's like, we're not fucking Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. We're a real band. You know what I mean? But I just thought of it from musicality. I'm an ELO guy. If we're going to go for that, yeah. Electric Light Orchestra, for I me. I wasn't that. It was just that I was able to hum the bass lines. Oh. And the drums. Yeah, yeah. I could hear all the polyrhythms and then all the music and melodies. And I can hum every part. Even though it sounds insane, but... You know, I think that gave subliminally the thing about, you know, intervals and music and no, that's, being that's... able to have that ear. So I didn't even know I could play. Really? I didn't start till I was 18. I had no idea it was that late. And it was three weeks later. I was in the club. I was in my second band when I was 18 already with King Sam. That's yeah. fucked up that you just started then. That's crazy. Yeah, started right, right when I was graduating high school. That's... And then a guy taught me. He said, I want you to be in a band with me. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't play. But I was carrying a bass around school because I was making it in woodshop. Oh. I made, I made it. That's pretty amazing. So from the door, you were already making your instruments. I know you make them now, yeah. but that's pretty cool, man. But it wasn't because I had this desire. I just needed to have a project. So I said, oh, I'll make a bass. Did you buy the neck when you were a kid? Or that one I did. You did? Because yeah, I bought that neck. They're hard to I make. No, I, I know you do. Yeah. Then I didn't. Only because I didn't have the tools. I didn't even have a shop. No equipment, no anything. No, that's why I was doing it in school. Sure. So I'm carrying this body around for like almost a whole year. And I made a flying V. <laughs> for some reason, I made it out of maple, which is stupid. Oh, very uncomfortable and heavy. Real heavy. <laughs> and it's a V. So it wasn't very warm. It was ultra bright. And the only company that made pickups back then was DiMarzio. Are you serious? So I had one choice, yeah. At least I didn't have any electronics knowledge. Either. There was Fender stuff. Not for sale, separately. Really? Yeah. So when Eddie was doing all this shit, there was just nothing around. Well, that, that's the thing. You know, the thing about you was talking about potting? Yeah. Pickups? Yeah. He invented that. Explain that. Know. I didn't know that either. So explain it to us, please. I want to hear the story. Well, your pickups, <clears throat> if they get the windings are on the coil, the windings are on the coils, it's just coil wound around the magnets and it picks up the frequency. Which is Leo Fender. Right. And also, it wasn't Les Paul kind of the first one to really do it? Well, actually, the first one making them would be, you would say, there's a, about electric guitar. It's a whole war, but it could be either Charlie Christian okay. or T-Bone Walker. Okay. Those are the first two, they say, to electrify the guitar. Because after that, Les Paul goes on TV. Yeah. After that. And his was With the, the baseball first, bat. And his was the first <clears throat> solid body electric, you see? Oh, now That's I what see. They call it because it was a solid piece of wood. Those other guys were playing the jazz boxes with fucking with a microphonic yeah. mic on. Yeah. So okay. It's like if you took this and stuck it in, and, and that's all it was. Yeah, just like this guy that's playing the shovels. You know, yeah. He's a millionaire now. <laughs> 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 fucking shovel with three strings. <laughs> <laughs> no God comment. Bless him. I'm glad he did. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Dig a hole. So how's Eddie find out about the potting? Well, because he's just a genius, but figuring out about the vibration, what happens is a coil's wound very tight. It might be 9,000 wraps around that magnet, you know? And those famous pearly gates uh, pickups, you know, that Billy Gibbons had on his 59 Les Paul. Sure. The patent applied for. Okay? That's what it was. It was a PAF. Those ones, uh, the, the Seth Love or whatever the rumor is, it let it wind a little extra. And that's why and that added, added that. No shit. Where that squeal on that. That's on great that. to know. Yeah, it's, it, that the patent was applied for, but that one was like kind of like a fuck up supposedly. 
you that know, makes extra sense. Windings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but they're not potted. So potted is a wax. So figure if those windings get loose. So the coils, you have all the wires. You got to not block your mouth. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to show you. So if there's a void in between the wires, yes. now you can have harmonic vibration and microphonic and pick up on 60 cycles in your fluorescent lamps. You know, that's that 60 cycle hum you hear. So to get it where there's no... Because picture Eddie's on stage with 10 million gigawatts behind him. The drums, the bass, the booming, the sound, all this sound in the arena, these little coils now are moving a little and picking up vibration. Everything. Everything. You can't see it. Man, but this... But Eddie could hear it. This Les Paul is squealing like a motherfucker. Bingo. We're and going to try something. I know. I know. we got a secret. Okay. I think I already told you, but we won't let it Do out. you know when Eddie did this? Is it 70s or 80s when he starts potting? Because I don't, I, I didn't, don't know, I don't know the story. I don't know the story. And then now, all right, in Fenders, they they don't, they still don't pot them, do they? No. They're just the way it always yeah, was. Yeah. Leo Fenders design. Yeah. Obviously, Gibson does. You know what right. I mean? Because that's what's wrong with well, mine. That's where the humbucker comes. Yeah, exactly, too. exactly. You know, with the reverse. Um. So yeah, and so you dip it in wax. He dipped them in wax. He potted them. He put them in a pot of wax, and the wax gets in between the windings. The heat. Pushes the air out, so now there's no air void in and between that's it. coils. Yeah, and it's weird because we have a full collection of guitars, and in 30 years, none of them have ever required potting before this one, which is just well, amazing. Happened over time. Oh, you guys of course. Play at maximum volume. Yes, so sir. You rattle the loops. You know, <laughs> that's what's going on, and so hopefully it'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for yeah, it. Cool. We got three bands. We need two left, sir. Oh boy, who did I say? I'm Black say Sabbath, Kiss. Oh, then I did get into the who. I do. All right. Now we're going to spin. And uh -huh. I apologize in advance. Yeah. I love the who. Like they make my heart happy. Yeah. The child molestation shit's a little fucking me up. And am I supposed to just not acknowledge that this fucking happened? Yeah. Like, I don't know how to stand with this. I don't know the whole thing behind it. But I do remember when the first thing when happened. He, yeah. When I grabbed him and. On Howard Stern, you know, like he got pinched, man. But that was when I first heard it. When Roger first heard it, really, Roger didn't even know. Him. I didn't know that. Howard drops it on him online, like live on air. I didn't know that. Yeah, it wasn't online. I don't even think it was computers that. But yeah, they were in the studio in New York. Yeah, and uh, he goes, "So what's this about Pete? And, you know, little kids." Whatever. He's like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "You didn't hear?" Yeah, and he tells him, and there's this whole. <gasps> I gotta look that up if I can there's find the video of that. Yeah, that's amazing. They even have it out there, but I remember hearing that. And then Roger was in shock. And he was so wealthy, it just went away, and that hurts my heart. And then Stern dig dug into it. He stayed with it, and I remember he was like, "I spoke to FBI guys who were involved." And Stern, and this isn't my quote. Stern says this. He's like, "The shit he found was so deep. There's no accident. Yeah, you went. And see, I didn't even know that." I kind of just turned off. Like, when you said that, I totally forgot about it, Alyssa. And I actually turned off to them for probably 20 years. And I, I But I did, too. And I, and it's like, it's I don't know. I love that music, man. Then I heard the real me again. I was like, yes, it's so song. fucking good, right? Like the, They said this beautiful thing, that the Beatles wrote the best records. But back then, until like 80, the Who would blow you off the fucking stage. Like, they were just it. And there's a, for the music that, I have spent my life playing. That's pretty much the band that you're emulating. You have a high pitched fucking vocalist, a guitar player jumping in the fucking air with like, Mon dude, we have Marshalls because of him. They weren't a thing. It, he was a drum guy. Yeah. Jim Marshall played fucking drums. He's like, hey, mate, can you mix the Vox and the Fender, mate, and make it one amp? Like, that's fucking amazing. And then he goes to High Watt, which I still, I'm still gonna have a High Watt. I'm gonna get one, goddammit, someday. They're fucking phew, expensive. We had Rick Derringers. <laughs> so, the who hurt my heart. I don't know how to stand with it. He's an old man now. His dick probably doesn't work. But I don't know, man. That's, he was always a nasty best. I heard that, so too. Like that, just from everything I know. Because I loved him. You know, borderline worshipped him back then. So, who's the last band of 12 years old? one more? One more. Back when I was 12. I would say it was Jimmy. Oh, wait, wait. What grade? Seven? Yeah. 12. Van Halen was out yet. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even there yet. Well, was I, did I say Kiss? Yes, first one. Of course. It's Sabbath. I was in the Kiss Army. 
I'm trying to think of what else was on my room. Back then, you know what was kind of to tell you the truth? It was Yes. It's weird because Yes has several incarnations. Like they have that 70s thing. Yeah. Then in the 80s, they have a whole fucking comeback. Right. right? I was at both of them. With the new singer and the new guitar player. Like it was a thing. Yeah. Owner of a Lonely Heart. Yeah. So that was my Yes experience because I'm a little younger. I was before that when they were having the concerts, you know, Bill Bruford. Now, didn't the Yes guy join Sabbath for five minutes, the keyboard player? Remember that? You didn't Rick know? Wakeman? Yeah. I didn't know he was the they were both in the same studio oh. and he was partying with Sabbath. And he's like, you guys are fucking awesome, man. And he air quotes, quit fucking yes for five minutes. That was insane. I heard he got heavy in the drinking and stuff. And like who, and man. who are you going to hang with? If you're in the studio and, and then Sabbath. And then he got born again. Yeah. yeah. Rick Wakeman, right? Yeah. And I didn't know that. But I used to sleep with headphones because they, they had eight track tape back then. Fucking A. So it would play all night. Yeah. And I would just sleep the journey to the center of the <gasps> for like months. What did you dream when you did that? Do you I, remember? I don't remember, but I know I had to do something. <laughs> I didn't know about that stuff, but I remember, I still, this is something I still distinctly remember. I remember sleeping one night to the classical station, but I'm like, in my dream state, I'm singing in Italian. In my dream, I'm singing. And I can, my singing woke me up because I'm singing along with this. They put a fucking opera on. Yeah, it, so yeah, yeah. It was just weird, but I remembered. I'm like, I'm like what? You know. I, all right, this is. This I, I'm not saying I was singing perfect. And no, no, I'm not saying that. And mumbling, but in in the dream, I'm singing opera. I've had dreams where Starscream's on stage and we're singing a song I've never heard in my life, and it's like the greatest fucking song and in my dream i'm like remember this remember this when you get up remember this chorus this chorus is great it never it just gets away from me do you remember some dreams i remember dreams i remember lots remember of dreams kids. so do i yeah okay yeah. The, the the most famous one because i still look for it on ebay for some stupid reason yes is the lost in space robot which is fucking awesome he was awesome when you're a little kid and i'm having a dream and in my dream i'm like i know i'm dreaming I'm holding on to this fucking thing, and when I wake up, I'm, I'm gonna like, have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wake up and I remember. I, listen, I was younger than five. Wow. Because I, I was still in New York. Sure. So I remembered the house and everything, and I'm like looking under. Where the, the bed. fuck is it? I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for that fucking robot. I never got it. Aw. Is that the toy that eluded you? Everybody's a toy when they eluded them when they were kids. Well, here's what happened. It didn't elude me because in second grade, there was this kid, Paul Kababa, who <gasps> had it. No, but it's not yours. He gave it to me. Ah! Yeah. That's a great ending. No. Why? Because I took it home. I must have given that back. Oh. <laughs> oh. I was, there were two toys. I'm, I'm, I'm younger than you. I traded it for, for, for all fairness. I gave him some pretty Oh, cool yeah, 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 yeah. Another kid gave me. It was like this giant football game. It was about 20, at least, I was little, so maybe it wasn't 20. It was like five feet long. long. <laughs> but it was these giant wind-up players. It wasn't your little electric football, but it was giant players. Yeah. So I gave him that, and he gave me the robot. Why would she be pissed off about the robot? That's awesome. Well, we, you know, we weren't, we, I don't, I think it had to do with money. The barter about. system. Well, because, you know, no one had money back then. Yeah, time. yeah. She probably looked at it like, I'm taking this poor kid's toy, you know. Remember this TV show's Chips? Of course. I had a big wheel when Chips was on the air, okay? I'm little at the time. Yeah. They made a big wheel that was a Chips big wheel. Mm. And I got my parents, I'm like, listen, I know that I'm five and I don't have a job. I know this, but I need this big wheel. And my mother, who remembered the Great Depression, was like, yeah, no, you have a big wheel. There's nothing wrong with it. And in my head, I'm like, can I crash my big wheel? Can I destroy it in a forest fire? Okay. Yeah, right? And so, no, I never got it, but this kid across the street got it. He fucking died recently, which is really fucking sad. On a big wheel? No, drugs and overdose. Anyway, <laughs> so this kid named John John gets the big wheel. <laughs> and I was allowed to drive it for one block, and we were next to each other, like Ponch and John. Yeah. He was on my shitty big wheel. It had a handbrake, which was so advanced to a five-year-old. You're like, oh, it has a handbrake, sir. So that was like my... And then, remember G.I. Joe? Yeah. They made the lifelike hair or kung fu grip. No, kung fu grip, the little ones, right? This yeah. fucking little Johns. The, they made a toy the size of this table you're sitting at. It was an aircraft carrier. Yeah. Bro, and I wanted that so bad. But like it was like a hundred dollars then. Forty years ago, a hundred dollars a lot of fucking money. So that didn't happen. But I wanted it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
I got a lot of their toys. But, but it was the little GI Joe. Right? Yeah, exactly. So if you have a, an aircraft carrier that's six feet long, it was six feet. It, this is it, this is it. Like it was the size of this fucking table. Well, I was a, a full blown adult back then. I am. I think I had it. <gasps> you motherfucker! In the helicopters. Yeah. And fucked around and got drunk and played. I know, dude. But when I, when I was in my twenties, I they re, they re, they resold all that shit. This is so embarrassing to say out loud. I purchased a house, my first house in 1997. I had a stupid day job. So if a workman was coming to my house, my mother and my father would come. They were elderly and they'd meet the guy. So he comes in, bro. I had Castle Grayskull set up from the Masters of the Universe at my kitchen table like an asshole. So the guy goes, oh, is there a little kid here? And they're like, no, it's it's our our 22-year-old son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was what? No, I, this is 10 years later. So you were fucking 20 when it came yeah, out. Yeah, I was about 20. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It was eight, yeah. Yeah. Like 82. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, toys. I still got toys. So do I. Dude, so do I. Good. Fucking That's awesome. Should be. <laughs> I mean, look behind me. I have a problem. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's not. You got the wood burning stove, don't you? Oh, yeah. How is that? Yeah. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> but is it like enough? Like I don't want to say that like a pyromaniac. But no, is it enough for you? Like, do you feel like it kicks enough heat? Or do you require like still getting gas heat in some way? I don't know. Yes. Nothing at all. I have oil. That's what I meant. They're charging too much. So they I are. Buy it. They are. I buy it, so I got offended. But I went three years without doing it, so it's just a lot of work. They say it. it's like it's a bitch. Like, it's a lot of work when you want to do other things. You know, I mean, I'm a working man, and I like to work, but I like to work on stuff I like. Of course, building. So it's a lot of time, a lot of dirty dragging, going out getting wood all the time. You know, but yeah, it's a thing. It you're foraging. You're foraging for wood. You know. I think of it like, you know, look at the Great Depression, you know? They're, like, busting up their tables to get heat. Literally, yeah. Literally. Literally. Remember that. What they did in the movie, right? Cinderella Man. There you go. Jimmy Braddock. But my dad told me about all that stuff, you know, because that's what they did. He was born in the Depression. As was my mother who raised me, so it was World War II, so he could eat. <laughs> and you lied about your age, and they he, took you. You yeah. didn't have to lie. Your mother signed him away. <gasps> that's rough, man. It was rough. When he came back, though, he's a man. He has a clue. He ate. He saw the world. He didn't die. Thank God. Knock on wood, or you wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Heavy stuff. It is heavy. I can't yeah, growing up with nothing is, is so. When they talk about like the economy today is fucked, I hear you, but yeah, be, they don't know what's like. Yeah, not to really be no, fucked. I don't know. No, well, in our I lifetime, say they, but I don't. Know. No, but your your generation and they're kind of pitching it that they got it all figured out. You know what I mean? Well. Wow, let's not. Mm. I'm but, <laughs> but here's the Don't thing: buy ten dollar cornflakes. You can't afford it, but the economy's doing good because you can afford the thirty. <laughs> That's what telling you. Literally said it the other day. Is that even the president? I don't know about that, brother. It's something. <laughs> the lizard man. <laughs> so, do you believe in the lizard man? I don't know if I don't. I don't know. Hey, don't. at this point, what don't I? I don't know what I believe. What I, I don't believe in demons. I don't believe they're, I don't want to say anything to do with, they're savvy enough. I just don't think they're, they go that route. I <laughs> dig it. they manifest as the president. What was the first concert you ever saw when you went as a kid and saw somebody? The very first. The very concert. first. I think it was Kiss. That's fucking That's awesome. Do you have any idea what tour it would be? Do you, do you recall? Destroyer. <gasps> you saw the Destroyer yeah. tour. Yeah. So they were already famous, famous. Because 75, Alive makes them, like, you know, famous. And then Destroyer comes out, and it's well, like... That's what got me into them. Everybody else, too. That's yeah. the record, right? Yeah, but I didn't know the music. It, it literally was just, like, caught the eye. It looked like action. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I bought it. It spun. It. And then another guy gave me the first three albums before that. The problem is the sound quality is... Uh, the songs are great, yeah. but those records don't sound like Kiss. Because they didn't have the... Like, they were fucking with the yeah, studio. It didn't bother me just because... You know, wasn't Partridge fan. You were little, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Like, with, with an older, I see it after the fact. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's not kids. It was just, it was just cool because it was everything they were playing on live. You know, I heard on the, the actual records. So, but it was three albums. I never saw a triple album before. You know, yeah, that was three albums. And the other the cool thing was the guy gave it to me for free. You have a lot of that happening in your life. That's pretty awesome. What's that? You have a lot of that happening in your life. You got the toy for free. You yeah, got the yeah, record for free. Fucking a. Call it Providence. <laughs> of of the studio era of the first version of Kiss, mm -hmm. 
is destroy your favorite album studios now not not live i like love gun that's the one right and that was kind of our our dear friend johnny zero would say that's the last time they're still a band like when they make love gun they're all in the studio together there's no fucking other drummer yet you know what I mean? Like, that's the one. What bothered me was uh, Rock and Roll Over was record- recorded right up the street from where I live. Why would that bother you? That's amazing. Because I would have snuck in. <laughs> Not that that was the, they were so big, it was just like, you're not getting no. anything. No. And I wasn't smart enough to. And nobody knew what they looked They know. didn't know what they looked like. That was a thing. Right. That was a thing. I know. How do I you- still remember the article when they said it was the guy, uh, John Waite. Yeah, from yeah. The babies. It wasn't him, but the guy in his band, I think. I forget who it was. One of the guys in the babies. John Waits. First yeah, band. yeah, yeah. Bingo. But uh, when I saw Kiss, Billy Squire warmed up. Well. Bullshit. Yeah. Back then. Because the band was called Piper. That was so it wasn't band. Billy. It no, was... it was Billy's original band. He was the guitar player. I didn't know. Whopping black, long hair. You know, he looked rock and roll. He was on stage dancing like a man at the time. Well, fuck it. We're going to tell this. Hold on. Hold on. on. So off mic, we were just talking about rock and roll before we start rolling, right? Which we talk a lot, unfortunately. (laughs) We would have been done fucking an hour ago. But anyway, fucking we were talking and Dave's like, remember that Billy Squire video that ruined his career? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I, I, what was the name of the song? You remember the name of the fucking song? It wasn't Rock Me. Might have been Rock Me. Yeah. It was rock me, right? And he's wearing pink, and it was directed, and not to say this in a bad way, by a homosexual gentleman who was into boys in a sexual fashion, and it made this guy. Oh, that's no gentleman. Ah, ha, ha, ha. So Billy Squire's career is ruined, and let's be honest, it makes no sense to me that in Piper he's the guitar player because he sounded like Plant. He sounded like Plant when he sang. He was in Piper. What? That was his band. But they, he, they were big. But who, who was the singer in Piper? Why wouldn't it be Billy Squire? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. fucking nuts to me. So then this video he comes out. Good guitar, I mean, he's playing he can really play. Yeah, he can really play. And it just ruined his whole fucking career, bro. And then I saw him, I don't know, 15 years later on VH1, and he's got the glasses on. He's like, I could have been somebody, kid. But I- <laughs> he knows. That's so. I knew it the minute I saw it. You're done. <laughs> well, do you. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think of his fucking name. Who's the guy? Fuck. Uh, Michael Bolton. Oh. Do you remember the rock record before he was Michael Bolton? No, I don't. So, it, it, Eddie Trunk, who I, I love and adore, right? We all follow him, I guess. I don't know if, you, if you're into him or not, because you have to know Eddie from back in the yeah, day, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, he was working at the label, and he worked at a radio station. And Mike Bolton comes out, Michael Bolton, and it was like as an Aussie type of guy. Like the long, crazy, awesome rock hair. It's a good record, man. Yeah. He actually co-writes uh, "Forever" with Kiss. That hit in '89 or '88. Uh, Forever. That's him. Yeah, he co-wrote that with Paul. So and Gene, I guess. So that's the. He's a rocker, yeah. and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Trunk remembered writing an article because back then it was about magazines and yeah. shit. And he was like, "Oh, this is a great new rock artist for the world." And then it didn't work. And then he just sold out and went pop. Was he what two? No, 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 not at all. It just didn't catch on. Mm-hmm. If the songs are weak, you can be a great singer. Right. But if you got you, you need the right songs. And he was banging around in LA when Motley Crue was before they were signed. He was banging around with fucking Dokken. Like when Lynch was still playing guitar locally and shit. He knew all those guys. And then he just said, well, I can really sing. I'm just going to go fucking do this weird pop bullshit. And he made a million dollars doing it. But he was supposed to be a metal guy. Mm-hmm. Ah! Did Doc never take off? I, I never saw it's weird. The the MTV generation, which no, by the way, beast, but a different kind of beast than Eddie. A different kind of beast because there's a thing to it. I, I I like Lynch. I love Eddie. You know what I mean? That's kind of the differential. Like those first couple van, the first three Van Halen records were like amazing. You know what I mean? And I like 84. Some people don't like 84. I like it. It went poppier and shit, but it's a good record for me. That was my first record when I was a little kid. What's your favorite VH album? I guess it's 84 because it was my first. Because yeah. it comes out, jump, whatever, fuck all jump. Like, dude, Top Jimmy, that was just fucking. And then I'll wait. Remember the fucking layering and I'll wait? Like, I fucking love that. What's your favorite? Is the first? It's always the first one. Right? Yeah, it's actually two. Go ahead. Yeah, Van Halen 2. Van Halen 2, yeah. What are the tracks? What were the songs of Van Halen 2? Do you remember? Up with You're No Good. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. 
Then it goes into the Spanish fly. Did you see Eddie live? I saw the warm up band. No shit for the Sabbath tour. Yeah. So you were at that tour. Oh, uh, here's a great story in that tour. And then I saw them for their first headline. I saw that the Van Halen Two tour, mm-hmm. and they were in a little place. I saw them in a little place in New York. Was he just as good as Incendiary as well in the first tour? Was it the same? It was better. Was it better? Because my friend lost me right up front. Another freebie. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I used to go to vocational school, so this guy was from another town away. But he always said he worked at the Palladium. I'm like. Yeah, I don't believe you. Know, Sixty. <laughs> and you know, we're only thirty minutes away, but I'm like, you don't work there. He always wore a plating jacket. Because he's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm online, we can get in, and he walks by his plating jacket. He's got the flashlight. No shit. Like, Yo, dude, yeah, he was Duke Dupont. I found out he died. But anyway, uh, he's like, "Where are you sitting?" You know, he's all business and busy. I'm like, "This is like a cartoon character." He grabs my <laughs> tickets. He goes, "I'll be up to get you." And I totally forgot. Forgot, yeah. Yeah. And I'm in a way mm-hmm. upper tiers, but they, there were two other bands on that tour. Speaking of Billy Squire, <laughs> it was uh, Golden Earring. Good fucking band, though. They were great. Good band. They had just come out with that bullet hits yeah. own song. And then Nick Gilder. I don't know who the fuck that is, bro. I don't know why they opened for him, but there could be things. <laughs> You know, it's all about the implication. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, Nick Gilder, Hot Child in the City. Yeah. I always thought that was a chick singing it. So did I. Might as well be. He came out (laughs) in hot pants, you know. Back then? Yeah, he was dressed like a girl. Fuck, man. He was getting booed. Yeah, but it's weird. They were coming off of that whole fucking... I just don't know why he was opening up. But there was a glam thing that was... Well, that's when David came out, glam. Yeah. he came out. I didn't know him. His hair was blonde. Yeah. And then he was dancing a little more different than, yeah, than you, you had know, seen. the first album with his hair on his chest. And yeah. Out, and now he's acting a little more effeminate. Whatever. Whatever. They were just great, though. You know, they Anyway, were- the guy came up. I watched the first two bands and I figured, yeah, you know, we're kind of looking down on yeah. top of them because the, the place just went straight up. So we're looking down. And then uh, all of a sudden he puts a flashlight in my eye. And he takes us down. I was so excited. I fell down the stairs. <gasps> Following him. And he took us right down front. So we were right there. So that was the experience. Oh, yeah. But well, no, the experience the first, was the first album. Really? Just hearing it. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. hearing it. Then carrying it around school and then going to the garden. Because Sabbath was my favorite band. I love Sabbath. They man. were my favorite band at the time. And I sat there and Van Halen just... Blew them off the fucking stage. But then I, I, there's a lot of footage of that concert of Sabbath to it's this day. Great. They do sound great, but you can tell the Coke is in full effect. Yeah, Ozzy's vocals are in the, like, the dude, all of them. And it's, just Van Halen. it's just, they're taking it, and they did. That's the tour where, all right, I'm, I'm going to tell a little story. I'm sure you know the story, but I'm going to tell the people. Ozzy's on tour with Sabbath, right? It's the, it's Never Say Die, right? That's the tour. Yes. yes. So they are staying at, like, the Hilton's. And back then, especially, the Hiltons all looked exactly the same, no matter where you went. So he's got a fucking key from the place from the night before. And they get off the bus, and he walks in, and he's like, and he thinks he found his room. Now he looks at the key, bro. It's the key from the night before. So he's on, like, fifth floor. He's like, get the fuck out of my room. He's on maid. The key didn't work, but the maid was in there. So the door's like, get the fuck out. So she leaves. And he closes the door, and he lays down. He's like, I'm going to take a fucking nap, man. He slept through the whole show. Because he's got a coke, right? So the band thinks Ozzy got kidnapped. They're holding a seance in the fucking lobby and shit. And they call David Lee Roth. They're like, Blues, Blues, Bop, Dave. He's like, I'm sorry, fellas. I don't know one fucking song. I can't help you at all. They were going to do a set oh, with Roth, dude. Could you imagine? It'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath with Roth, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah, on that tour. And so Van Halen, they just played a long time that night. And I think Sabbath did some instrumental stuff, and they were like, "We're really sorry." And then they found Ozzy the next day, and they really thought he got kidnapped. Like they were like, "Fired." Well, that was one of them. That was one of the many reasons. That was that tour. Yeah, that was the last. That was their tenth anniversary tour. Was it really? Yes, that was their tenth anniversary tour of Sabbath. Yeah, that's what it said on. I even had the you know bought the flyer. Now I got to see them right before. Seventy-eight. It was nineteen seventy-eight. No shit. They started in sixty-eight. Sabbath. Never say die, baby. And then he leaves. He was going, I'm going to be the Blizzard of Oz, man. I saw that, too. Get out. Same place, that little place. So you saw Randy. I saw Randy. Tell me everything, because I don't know anybody who's seen Randy. I saw Randy. 
know who the opening act was? No. Motorhead. Oh! <gasps> their show in America. What a great show. Do you know that the first time Lemmy played America was in Philly at the fucking uh, Tower Theater? Was it Philly? Uh-huh. It, it wasn't. It was, it was Hawkwind. It wasn't fucking Motorhead. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, He's, yeah. So that tour, the first one was up in uh, Boston. But in the 70s, he comes before he got yeah, fired. Hawkwind. And he said, the first time I played it, he, I was there. He dies in December. I see him at the end of September at my birthday, my 40th birthday. I get to see Lemmy right before he dies. And he looks up and he's like, this is the first venue I ever played in the States. And he's like, and it's still here. And we love you all. Blah, blah. Anthrax blew them off the stage that night because the man's dying. He was yeah. dying, bro. I mean, Nikki's, Nikki D stole Nikki D. It was a great fucking band, but it wasn't Motorhead. Like I'd seen them 10 times. So I'm glad I got to see the last one. But in my head, I was like, he, he shouldn't be on tour, bro. And then Christmas, boom, he's over. You know what I mean? Like I saw video of him playing and he was singing the wrong song i know and that was like they shouldn't even print that that's just bad but that's the way it was yeah. and he got real real thin at the end which was sad yeah, he went hard right to the end. dude you got to respect on tour till the end are you still doing that are you guys done with the whole motorhead thing no we're pretty much done okay I, mean, I wanted to keep doing it but you know life got busy well then it, the, the the pandemic fucked everything up too really yeah but we didn't have a lot of stuff going anyway okay it's just a matter of uh he's you know, our guitar player had a baby in house. Oh, I didn't know about the baby. That's awesome. Yeah, he's got another one. You know, you made a guitar player that would probably handle those parts. Just saying, bud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you say? You don't say much. <laughs> Ever. He speaks through his guitar, brother. Yeah, he's quiet. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. All right. Motorhead. That's the first time you saw him, I'm assuming. Yeah. What were your thoughts back then? Because that's original lineup, bro. That's it. The loudest there ever was. It, was. it was so loud. It was it was an assault on my senses. And <laughs> I could handle loud. But there was nothing like that volume. Really? For that. For that show, time. That show. Just, they say, I don't know what it was, but it was just like, because I mean, I was far away. Even at the place, it's small. But I mean, the only other one that was just as loud was the same place too. And that was ACDC as a one. Well, band. wait, we're going to get there. Okay. I want to go back to the Blizzard thing. Yeah. So you see Blizzard of Oz, yeah. first tour. I wanted to see Randy. Did it blow your mind? Oh, you knew about Randy already from the record then. Yeah. So you guys knew. Oh, yeah. Okay, because Eddie, he shocked you. You didn't know about Eddie, right? You went to see Eddie. Oh, I saw Eddie. But no, but you went to see Sabbath first, yeah. and then Eddie comes out and yeah. like catches you off guard. But no, I knew what You knew. Yeah, you did. Because I had the album. I didn't I know you had, had it. I had to see this live. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, the same thing with Randy. And I got the album the same way as the Kiss one. I just liked the cover. I saw that white guitar, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, I it. it looks heavy. Yeah. So, what did you think of that lineup? Was it incendiary? Did, did it compare to Van Halen, or was it just eh? Was Ozzy fucked up? Was it a good show? Talk no, it was great. I loved Ozzy, and he sang amazing. And uh, I didn't like his choice in wardrobe, but yeah, it's but, yeah. You know, I know, I know. So, but other than that, okay, I can't get a little technical on that. What Randy did was just crazy. He did eruption. No, he didn't. Oh, he did. But he did it like crazier, you know, like no shit. There's an ability to, I don't know, but you know, I don't play I like Paul Gilbert could do it. My yeah. version of Rob, he did, he's doing his own thing. He's doing the, all his signature licks and then he threw in the eruption, the whole thing. He did that at the play. Just to show he could. Well, yeah, no one knew, knew about it. Yeah. End, that style. They weren't friends. They did not get along. Well, that's probably why that, that was kind of like, wow, you shouldn't be doing this stuff. <laughs> But he did it like that. You know, he's holding the guitar up and he's just. I was like, wow. Was it the Les Paul? Yeah, or I was young, so I was just like. Man. The Paul or the V? What did he play? Or was it both? No, he had that V thing. That V? Yeah. Because it's Jackson. Yeah. The Sharks. Well, th there's a whole fucking documentary on that guitar now. Like, well, I, I should say that whole company. You know what okay. I mean? Oh, yeah. Because uh, Jackson was originally. Jackson, Sharp. That's it. That's so. Grover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Charvel starts it, Jackson yeah. buys it from him. And then changes it over slowly to both. You know what I mean? And there's that one other dude. His name I can't remember. It. He's the one that brought that one guitar up. Which one? The one with the polka dots. Remember some guy on fucking porn stars brought in a guitar. Yeah. And it was made by him. <coughs> this guy. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. It Interesting. Was diamonds, but it was a giant V. Okay. Bigger than a regular. But was it a future Randy guitar before? Was that the one? No, was... but it was just you could tell it was made in the same style. Yeah, same thing. Randy's first one, I mean, that tremolo looks like shit. It just looks like a 
Well, the technology wasn't there. We just got who's the guitar player from um, Rush? What's his name? I'm not a fan. Alex Lyson. So we got an Alex Lyson Les Paul, right? It's an Epiphone. It's not a Gibson, but it's got the uh, the whammy bar on it. Right. Bigsby, is it? It's not. Oh, okay. And it's not the fucking Floyd Rose, which you would want to have. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a, a Gibson version. And it's not bad, but it's not a fucking Floyd Rose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's so it's nice to have a Les Paul finally with that. Like for years, we've been thinking about it. And they just made one. So I fucking bought it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then it's got a weird, the, 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 the tone and the volume knobs are all fucked up to his specs. They click up and down, which is crazy. And there's an acoustic pickup in it. So you can make the guitar sound like an acoustic guitar mid song, click the button, go back to electric. Pretty advantageous for that. We'll never use it. Exactly. Exactly. So, but we have the fucking, the tremolo, I guess, technically we want a Bixby too. Did, and I, Oh, I asked you about this and I'm going to fucking ask you right now. Did you see the digital whammy bar? So they're they're taking a regular electric guitar, like a nice Les Paul or a nice Strat, and they're putting it right at the base behind the fucking bridge, and it's all digital. And you wee, 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 and it doesn't fucking bend the strings at all. And it does sound a little suspect. It doesn't sound currently like a real guitar, but five years from now, it'll be indistinguishable. And no, I don't know. There's a, there's a, what? It's going to go the way of the keyboard necktie. <laughs> no, remember the fucking tuners in 2015 for the Les Paul, the robot tuners that were just fucking, yeah. they're the worst thing ever. And everybody hated them. But they were like, oh, technology. This wave bar, I don't know. They're not going to Guitar players don't like tuning. And those locking tuners are a bitch if you don't carry the tool with you to tune. So, yeah, yeah exactly. So if you can just do it digitally, imagine. I don't know, man. It's like the fucking future a little bit. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I just set up a strap where it doesn't have locking. Uh, it stays in tune. Six point trim, dive bomb. You were telling me about that. That's not reveal your secrets. Well, I got to do a couple more to make sure it holds true. So your second life is you want to be a guitar luther professionally when you're done working. Make it part of the art, you know, yeah, art studio. Okay, everything, whatever. I do everything, but yeah, I want to do the luther stuff. What design in your head would you like to have, like, as your guitar? Because you've made, I've seen over the years, you made a, a myriad of, of instruments. Yeah, I've made different ones. So I probably just, I'm getting back to just keeping it simple, really. I hear you. So I don't like, you know, I used to like ornate just for the fact of, you know, throwing that skill out there. Oh, to see what I can do. Wood. Yeah. I'm going to carve this and that or do that. But yeah, nothing like that. Like friends just turned me on to like what Fender, it seems so basic, but it's really a There's genius a, it, guitar. It is. It's, it's, it's a real tool. You get the real heavy duty and it's a tool. You can change it around and it's still pretty solid. The past couple of years, we've gotten Tellys in this band. Like we were always like a fucking like we're a Les Paul band. Yeah. But I got a gold top Telly back there that's beautiful. Like we got a couple. Like and then I just got that parallel universe one. What's it like? It's it's a strat. Yeah, it's got the Telly guts. It's ash. It weighs nothing. Really? It's got nitrous cell. When they weigh there. nothing, does it hurt you on your tone or not really? Okay. It, it, it really helps you not hurting. <laughs> well, if you look to your left, there is a Gibson Les Paul studio. Heavy one. Right? That's a heavy one. The new ones, 100% of them are all chambered. Yeah. So studios are already light. Then you chamber them. In the them. old days, the lore was, oh, the heavier, the better. But That's the lore. lore. It's lore. That's so I got a heavy Les Paul. And I, they, I have to wear it a lot. <laughs> It's a real 11 pounds. They're real. Yeah, that's a that's real heavy. thing. That's a thing. You think like an hour set after wearing that 11 pounds. You play basses though. You've played every bass I've ever seen. Like you were a Rick guy for a while. Like you love basses. Yeah, Music men. Like what's your favorite bass? Like if because are you a Fender guy? Because you remember that fucking awesome Captain America one you made? The yeah, one? I, still have I love that bass. Yeah. That has a jazz neck. That's the thing that makes it different. Is it maple? Mm-hmm. The neck is maple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The body's not. Um, so if you were to, as a bass player mm-hmm. and your, your career, yeah. what bass best, what's your bass? What's your design that you like to play? What's more comfy for you? P bass. I guess it just is, right? Fish utility. Yeah. yeah. It never was, but in the last five years I've fallen in love with that it. Tones... I still play my Rick and I love it, but I realized because I play in that different band, yeah. I'm not playing the uh, country, all country rock. Sure. The Rick sound doesn't go with it. No, not at all. Not at all. But if I just start thumping on the precision bass, it's just 
It sounds like an upright. You know? Would you get like a 75 or like a 78? Because they're like a lot of money, but they're so amazing. Those bases are amazing. Mine's like a 81, 82. So you're not far off. No, you're right around that sweet spot. Deal, but what it was, was it's very precision made because it was made in Japan. Because oh. the vendor factory got destroyed or something. Okay. Burned down. So for one year, they were only making them from Japan. No shit. And I got one of those. I got it for like $400. Don't tell me that. <laughs> and the reason was, you know, they didn't change the algorithm yet. So I would always hunt for stuff with misspelling. <gasps> and I spelled the precision base. I spelled P-R-E-S. Yeah. And sure enough, one came up. And I was in a bidding war with nobody. No shit, bro. I put down six hundred, but when it came up, the starting bid was four forty or something. That's what I got. Did it come with a case? No. They never do, right? Those beautiful finds you are save the case. Yeah. I'll send you king bag. <laughs> I fucking our oldest Les Paul's an eighty three classic, and it's my it's King Sam's like second favorite guitar. Like, it's so nice. And it has a brass nut on it. None of them have a brass yeah. nut. He loves that guitar, man. Nice. It's fucking, they change out the pickups. I think there's Seymour's in there. Like, it's it screams this guitar. You're going to work on number one, by yeah. the way. But we've retired it anyway. Like, you know, he broke it out and it was squealing like a motherfucker. He's like, what is happening? Yeah. 18 years we had that guitar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got some baby Gouda cheese. <laughs> Industry secret, my friend. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to tell you, point blank. If this goes over well and you like dipping, uh -huh. I'm going to turn you on to a bunch of guys who need it done because oh, nobody has a guy. And that's what I did. Like when we were talking to you and you're like, yo, I think I, I got a gig for you. I called my guy at Sam Ash who knows everybody. He's like, Vex, nobody does it. Nobody does it. So then I called my own friend, this guy named Mike Collins, great guitar player. Mm -hmm. And he's in a couple of bands. And he's he, he's a he's a telly guy. He's got a lot of beautiful tellies. Beautiful. And I, he's told me, hey, I, I gotta I gotta dip my shit. And I was like, well, he's like, I do it myself. And I'm like, for real? He's like, because nobody does it. Nobody does right. it. So you gotta be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're the guy. Yeah. I just did a Charvel neck. <laughs> and it looks great. He got to put it on a guitar now. He gave me the neck. Yeah. I never seen the neck. This, this fucked up. up. How old was the neck? Like is like well, he said, I'd say it's 10 years old. Uh, and that shocks ago. me. It's probably older, but he said, I wore this out 10 years ago. That guy, Kevin. Do you believe that? Like, he really played oh, the yeah, he, he really, played, really played, did it? Well, the way he plays, you know. I'm sure he's so, in front of it eight hours a day. So, yeah. what'd you do? How'd, how'd well, you... I saw my son go to chew to his up. Same thing. Yeah. Same if thing. If you play eight hours a day, and, you know, like these new guys do, you know. It wears it out. What was his first guitar or something? He started playing like that. None of the first electric. What was he playing on? Was it a Strat? Well, I bought him the Strat. Okay. Yeah, but he he had bought his own guitar, and it was because uh, I saw it. I was like, that's why I said I got my guitar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he bought the, the cheap Ibanez RG, not even the nice. You know, he got it for one hundred and twenty bucks. I got to tell you something. Lamp. Those he, those necks feel good though. Oh yeah, they're they're really like they're I'm a little too thin for me. No, 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 I don't like that for not for tone, right. but the way it feels yeah. when your hands yeah. when you're learning, that's a good. Yeah, I when you learn, I learned on an Ivan as Iceman, like an original, like a '78. Oh, I still have it. It's yeah. fucking all. Do you paint them? Yeah, that's <gasps> how I did my paint jobs. We gotta talk. Yeah. I need I need help. Nitro. All right, I'm gonna ask you on the camera. Can you do the mirror effect on my Iceman? Ah, see the face you're making. <laughs> I only not investigate, someone just told me about this mirror paint, you know. No, the, the, the cracked mirror, Paul Stanley style. Yeah, but I don't know, was that real glass? Did they crack? His was real glass. That's what I mean. I'm but then you got to put in the clear, well, what do you mean? You're the guy now. And then you clear over it. Yeah. You're saying, yeah, that's, you know. But wait, what about the mirror paint? Talk about the mirror paint, because now I'm interested. Well, I heard there's a chrome paint, you know, so that's what I'm assuming, but I don't know how you get the cracked effect. It's not, here's the one thing that I did. This is, it's like risky, but I, I know this guy that came to see us play, and I was hosting an open mic, and he came out, and he's got a gold top. Yeah. And it looks like cracked glass. No shit. Like. A I, gold top. I go, that's awesome. He goes, no, nah. he's pissed. He was playing somewhere. It was cold out. The guitar is warm. He opens it and watched it just go. So the clear coating popped on him. No shit. That's amazing. It looked great. It looked great. But it killed him. Oh, how would it not, right? It's your fucking guitar, man. He's warming up to it. He's like, it's pretty cool, but it was a gold top, you know, so. 
But I, I, I'm saying, what's the process where you could make that happen? You know, Neil Young's um, famous black Les Paul mm-hmm. is a gold top, and he just painted it black. Mm-hmm. And then for the years, it's starting to rub off, and you can see the gold. I want to. I don't know Neil Young, but I want to go shake him. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? What did they do to you in Canada? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, not even that. You took a fucking fifties gold. It's a fifty nine no, gold top. You know. No! Like these are pieces of art, really. Like the guy who made Slash's guitars. I, I never remember his fucking name, but he made the replicas of the 59 Les Paul. And that's what's on Appetite for Destruction. And Slash said he has a 59, and this one's better. The fucking guy. Billy's. I like Billy's. That's fucking I bought those pickups, put them in my Appetite, just because I told him, you know. The, the, did it translate? Does it work? Oh yeah. There's a new Slash pickup out. That we're kind of interested in. So it's like, let's let's do first things first. We don't want to fuck this one up. We got to make it sound great. Yeah, we got to do a paint job. Me, so we're gonna do. We'll do the Gibson first, and then you and I got to talk. You got to take the Ibanez. Here's what happened. I don't know if I could do a mirror. No, 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 no. I just, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a story real I quick. Can do the Eddie's, yeah. I know you can. All right. Here's what I need. I had an original black '78 Iceman, a real one. I bought it when I was fucking 15 years old for my first bass teacher, okay? He was joining a band in the UK, and he's leaving. Was so, it the Paul Stanley one? Yeah. No, it's not the Paul Stanley one, but it's that time frame. Yeah. So I get it. It feels like a fucking Gibson. It's yeah, heavy. Yeah. It's a be- I'll show it to you really. So it's a beautiful guitar. And I have it forever. And then I start growing my fucking stuff, and I'm buying Gibsons, and you get older. And I had a bill come due, and I was a little broke. And my boy, he's like, I want that guitar for like 10 years. And I'm like, you know what, dude? Give me 600 bucks. You know what I mean? Which is like, I didn't pay anywhere near that. He buys it. And I and I was like, I'm going to let it go. I'm just going to let it go. Then someone broke into his studio. Like I, they ransacked it and they broke the fucking wing off. Right? So he took it to a body shop. They fixed it. They did fix it. They did really well. And they painted the whole fucking thing purple. Like a ridiculous, not cool purple. Like a suit kind of gay purple. Right? Uh, gay is okay, but not for my guitar. So here I am. King Sam loves his guitar, and he's like, I, I don't want to play it. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I respect that, but if you can finish you it for me. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, definitely want to get it. Yeah, I've seen that. And then we could even go back to the black, which wouldn't offend me, but I want to do something cool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can come up with something. Sure. It, dude, Stripe? you want to strike it? I feel like it's a sacrilege to Bumblebee a Yeah, fucking, I know. I know. I wouldn't do that. Because it's an Ibanez. Yeah. But maybe, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We got to think of something cool. King Sam saw a refinished one and he's like, maybe we should strip it and refinish it. And I was like, maybe we should. But remember, it's the whole neck, it's everything. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot to do. It's no, I don't think it is. I think it's a bolt on. Oh, okay. But it's all painted the one fucking color. Yeah. So it's like, God damn it, like there's a lot of fucking tedious shit. Shoot at the you got the gun, huh? The paint guns? Oh. So when you're done working and you relocate, is that gonna be your career? I don't know about career. It just depends on what it takes. Because I got pensions, you know, so I'm just doing hobbies, but I want to do art, you know. I want to do painting, do a little luthery. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All I right. Like the other stuff, the mechanics, you know, I don't want to get back into that. We're getting towards the end, my friend. Okay. What's your favorite live concert you'd ever seen in your entire life? Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot. I know, but there's, a, there's a, somebody's got a favorite. Not even your favorite band, just your favorite concert experience. Like, what was a great one? Dun, 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 dun. It's a borderline of the three that we talked about. No and shit. They're all the same place, pretty much. Well, it was Van Halen, Black Sabbath, you know, right there. And then, uh, I got to say, ACDC warming up for UFO. Did they blow them off the stage or no? Oh, yeah. And you saw Bond, dude. You saw Bond. I saw Bond twice. No shit. I saw him a year later. They opened for uh, Nugent at the Garden. But when I saw him at the Palladium, yeah. that little place, I was on the floor, you know, floor seats. And at first, I wasn't accepting it because of the shorts and he's pulling his pants. It was down. fucking weird, well, I right? We were throwing coins at him. Ah. But by the end of that, because they probably it seemed like they played two hours. That's the opening band. And by the end, it went over, you know. No I mean, shit. he literally kicked open the emergency door and he was on the street. Angus playing. There was a guy because they didn't have, they didn't have a remote control back then, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so a guy was carrying around like three hundred pound cord. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Out so he could run around. No on, shit. Uh, on uh, no wireless. On shoulders. 
Yeah, Man. he's still plugged in. So they're making this cable go all over the place. That's fucking awesome. It's Man. crazy. Was was Bond charismatic? Was it real? Yeah. He was the guy? Oh, yeah. So if he didn't die, would they have been just as big? Because the theory is they wouldn't have been as big if he didn't die. No, I think Because Back in Black was already written, and then he happened to pass away. Right. But that, the one before it was what? Oh, hi, I went to hell. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 158 of the Vex on Vex podcast. David, thank you for your time. The Vex on Vex podcast is available on the Podbean application on your phone under the Loaded Network. This is Vexax telling you to stay frosty.